This is Wahasu, the World Happiness Summit. Feel the science. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure, Karen. Always. So I want to talk to you today about kindness at work. I don't think we discuss that enough as a, as, as a society, but how important is kindness in general, but then kindness at, at, at work? Well, we spend most of our waking hours at work. So it's important that kindness extends to work and that we think about our well-being in the work environment too. So a lot of people right now are reaching out and saying that they're exhibiting a lot of mental health challenges, particularly, you know, yeah. relating to work and, and being um, uh, disconnected with, with their co uh, colleagues and such. How can um, kindness create a community to enhance connection? So on many levels. So just to start, you know, I think that you mentioned a key word there, which is connection. And just as human beings, connection is so important to our health and well-being. And it's, you know, certainly been challenged by the pandemic, and it will continue to be challenged as we sort of show back up to our offices and other workplaces as well, and sort of rethinking how we connect. Um, there the big thing is though that no matter whether you're physically together or not there there are ways to connect and um, being mindful of that and the whole human that you're talking to is a really big part of that you know it's funny because um i don't know if this has been your experience too but um there have actually been some pluses to the pandemic in terms of connection and kindness and that's actually getting to see people you see people often at home you get to hear, see their families or meet their pets. Um, as I'm mm -hmm. saying this, I can hear one of my kids running <laughs> behind me. So, you know, I think in a way it's given us this um, mm -hmm. permission to actually be a little bit more human in the way that we show up to our workplaces and professional relationships. It's funny you say that. I, wrote, I read a recent article that said that, that COVID has humanized work because we see yeah. partners, we see what the backgrounds of our homes look like we see our pet the pets or children what do you think about that i so i i love that aspect because i think we had this sort of artificial divide and you know people have talked about sort of like you know the work life the private life but it's like really we just have one life and now we're kind of we all have it there and it's all kind of hanging out all the time so um it in that sense i think it's really it's it it makes me feel encouraged that when we continue to think about work, that this is an inflection point that hopefully we can really bring our whole selves to work and, um, and be authentic and talk about our challenges and our families and have it all feel part of the process. Let me ask you, what are words that we can use that will foster and cultivate kindness at work to, so the relationships how do we even when we're stressed right and because everybody knows the word kind we tell that to our children we hear it a lot in society but what does it look like in a practical way what are examples of words or sentences even phrases that we can say at work so so one of the things when it comes to workplace health, because it, again, it's a huge impact on our, it's not just our mental health, it's our physical health as well. Um, you know, 
part of it is recognizing the human being that you're talking to. And in fact, I would say that's probably step one. So, you know, you know, there, there are companies that sort of model this in terms of thinking about what are the challenges that this person in front of us has to face? Like how long is the commute? Is that interfering with their sleep? Is that interfering with their ability to show up to work? Like sort of thinking beyond just the job itself, like how does this fit into the bigger person's life? Um, or the bigger picture of somebody's life. And then the other thing to think about is, um, you know, so, so I would say step one is sort of humanizing. Um, and so some really practical things that can be done is just checking in with people. I know early in the pandemic, it felt like a, we were all doing sort of like gratitude exercises, like, you know, talking about things we're grateful for, but it's also okay to acknowledge when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I heard that I particularly like is sort of starting meetings with a, on a scale of zero to 10, how are you doing today? And, um, you know, it takes it sort of out of the realm of mental health. It's something from the organization inside out, but it's this idea of just sort of saying, well, I'm kind of feeling like a three and I'm feeling stressed out for these reasons. And just kind of acknowledging that off the bat is more authentic and you actually are able to get more help in that way. Um, so those are sort of some of the things, just acknowledging that, you know, that this is a challenging time for many reasons and being there to support one another. When it comes to conflict though, which I wonder, was that what you were also asking? I was thinking also <laughs> a conflict. How do we, how do we uh, handle difficult conversations in a kind way? Yeah, so, um, so first of all, it, I also wanna say that you know, kindness is a practice just like anything else. Mm-hmm. And we all have our moments where we are not particularly kind. I mean, I wrote a book about kindness and my kids remind me that sometimes that I wrote a book about <laughs> kindness. So, I love so children. Weird. They're so helpful. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's really important to acknowledge that too, that it's like, we can't expect to be perfect with this all the time. It's a practice and um, we, one of the things that we do know is people tend to be kinder when they take a little time. Mm. So if you need to have an important conversation with someone, it's probably better not to do it when you're feeling under pressure in a rush, but kind of take that deep breath, center yourself. Um, if you can postpone the, the more detailed conversation until you're both um, have a little bit more time because you're just more likely as the evidence shows to be kinder. The other um, tip that it seems to come from the research as well is this idea of like focusing on the process um, less than the people. So sort of like taking a, like if say you get into an interaction that feels like you're butting heads, like kind of taking a step back from it, you know, once you've cooled down a little bit and asking a little bit about the process, like, like we seem to be hitting a roadblock around this. What are your thoughts on it? Um, also listening to what the other mm-hmm. side has to say and realizing they probably know something you also don't know about it uh, is an important piece of that as well. Um, yeah, there's so many different ways, strategies when it comes to conflict, but it's it's a skill and not to just to recognize it's a skill and it's not like some people are just better at it. It's, it's just practice essentially. Practice it. So what I'm hearing you say, you're, you're talking about um, creating space. You're talking about asking how a person is. How are you? That's, you know, it, it sounds so basic, but we're in such a rush. And particularly now from Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting to Zoom meeting, that yeah. we're just rushing into it. And maybe, you know, not only how are you, how am I? Let me yeah. have uh, some, I was in, in speaking to another expert about 
uh, the third space, like a space before you finish one thing is a transition phase to the next thing. So maybe a couple of deep breaths before or mm. an acknowledgement of where you're at energetically before you jump into yeah. the next to the next session. I love that. Just um, paying attention to your own energy levels is really critical. So it's sort of like that kindness to yourself, um, checking in when you're feeling not 100% is important too. And I think, you know, that probably the kindest thing that you can do at work is actually talk about some of these things because, you know, we sort of have our professional faces, but at the same time, acknowledging we're all humans and we're all struggling in different ways. And, um, you know, I think it, again, there is a real business case for actually being human at work and acknowledging the mental health of coworkers and mm -hmm. yourself. And like, you can, you can actually normalize so many different situations um, by just talking about and being authentic. Um, so yeah, so starting meetings with check-ins, if you're a leader, sort of making it sort of the policy, rewarding people who are, I guess, rewarding and acknowledging people that are successfully um, attending to the emotional needs of their team are an important piece of that. Um, you know, we have to make sure that we're not just sort of like paying, especially when it comes to kindness and mental health, it's not just lip service, but it actually has to be sort of part of the fabric of how mm -hmm. we're going about our days as well. I love those tips. Those are, those are fantastic. Let me ask you one last question. Sure. You spoke earlier about that it in, in makes perfect sense. And it is also a fact that it's the mental health is directly tied to the physical. So what are some of the physical benefits of kindness? So this is where I was just absolutely floored. So, um, you know, kindness is so it's, it's beneficial for both the giver and the receiver, which is nice to know. It's a win-win all around. And then um, the health benefits are actually quite staggering. And, you know, it probably has to do with sort of the, the stress levels and the inflammatory responses that go with that. And sort of when you look at, um, so I'm a, I'm a physician that's specialized in the mind-body connection. And it's actually just really striking how this one thing that's in renewable resource seems to affect so many different systems, whether it's from, you know, our sleep, it's our inflammatory responses. It's, you know, there are even things related to all cause mortality is decreased when we um, engage in kind activities. And that includes being kind to ourselves in different ways from everything from education to purpose. Um, it also, you know, it's like this panacea of goodness that's out there with very few negative side effects. So it's the kind of thing that it's like, it makes so much sense to try to practice it and do it, but yet it's so challenging in the moment yeah. sometimes. So, you know, the more reminders we can give the better, but again, it's like the studies show if you can, the more pauses you can kind of take, the more pauses before you respond to something, whether it's an email or the person in front of you, that's it you know, for the better, essentially. But um, I wrote the whole book, The Rabbit Effect, about all the health benefits related to kindness. And as a physician, I was just absolutely blown away by how many there are. But absolutely. No, the book is amazing. Um, it's so oh, practical. It's it has a soul. So you gave science a soul. So it's it's a magnificent read. It's applicable in all areas of life, parenting, relationships, work. Um, and also to, to, to be kind to, to oneself. 
I love this idea of um, taking time, right? Time is, is so important. So I got that from what you said. I got also listening. So listening is not, you know, mounting an argument in your brain while you speak, but it's actually, you know, it, acknowledging somebody else's um, feelings or opinions. And that doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you give the space to listen. And then uh, perhaps waiting a little bit if we have our emotions or the, or the receiver's emotions are heightened, that it's not, sometimes we feel like it's an emergency when it's really not an emergency. It's almost like we need to dump these feelings somewhere. And, uh, and it really could get worse when, when yeah. if you really want resolution, which I think at the end we all do, whether it's work, home, or life in general, that, that it's maybe it's, it's uh, more profitable to wait. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and it's exactly how the human brain works because when we're under fight or flight, we are, we're using our amygdala. We're not using our higher cortical function. So we're not, we're truly not able to think as well. And um, I know we started this conversation talking about work specifically, and I want to say, you know, one of the ways that kindness is a benefit at work is people who feel valued and supported the data shows um, actually perform better at work. They're better able to problem solve um, and they actually show up more and participate more and actually take less sick leave, which is pretty amazing because I think this gets at that, creating that sense of safety that often comes with kindness and feeling valued as a human being. I love it. And it's what you said, win-win results. So it also optimizes traditional business results because as the employees have less yeah. sick leave, and they're more engaged, they're going to be more productive, and the companies yeah. are going to do better. So it makes sense for everyone involved. So. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, there are actually now all these big reports coming out that there's truly a business case for paying mm -hmm. attention to our coworkers and our employees' mental health. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of basic business sense in addition to basic kindness. Thank you so much, Kelly. This was wonderful. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely, Karen. Anytime. You're listening to the World Happiness Summit podcast. For more information, check out our website at worldhappinesssummit.com or send us an email at contact at Thank you for listening.